I think you have to think about where would you like that money to go mm-hmm. and how do you, what job you want to give that money instead of like, hey, I, this is what I've always done and I need to do this. Because I think that the reason why people get into debt is because some of these superficial things become far more valuable than they should be. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. You yeah, know, all of the stuff. <laughs> So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I am Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward D. Copeland. Yeah. Edward D. Copeland. Edward D. Copeland. Got it. Yep. All right. Well, (laughs) welcome back. Welcome. Listen, sometimes I just don't feel like recording the Push Podcast. I never feel that way, people. That's because you you have this like never ending energy source (laughs) that comes from Jesus himself. And I apparently must not have that because sometimes I'm just like, uh, I'll tell you what it is. I don't want to do my hair. Right. I don't want to be presentable. And so if it was just audio, then I think I'd be like, okay, let's knock these out. But truthfully, sometimes I have amazing energy and I'm like, let's do five of them back to back. And sometimes I'm just like, uh, why do we have a podcast? Well, you know, does anybody listen what, to it anyways? Does well, it help anyone? Well, the, the does thing, it even matter? The thing is, is this, <laughs> is that I think you look gorgeous if you just put your hair in like, hey, let me just put it back here Crazy and just bun. boom. Yeah. And I don't understand, like you have this whole thing, like you've got to get your hair done and like, no, the people just want to see you. I know, but it's a it's a thing where I feel better if I look more presentable. Right. Do you have a what in the world? I do have a what in the world. You ready? Yeah. I wish I had some music, like sound. What do you call it? Uh, Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Like drums? My what in the world is you. Your ass. Let me just tell you guys. Eddie ordered a Tesla mm, six months ago. Long no. time ago. It was yeah. in the summer and we are now in the winter. So I don't know if it was, it that was long ago. several months ago. He put a deposit down. He chose the interior, the exterior, the wheels, all of the stuff. Why? Because we need an electric car. We believe in electric cars. He's been driving an electric car for three years. And he was very specific about this particular Tesla. We went to the Tesla dealership. We sat in it. We He got in the front. I got in the back. I got in the front. He got in the back. We checked the leg room. We checked the ceiling room, like, you know, like the headspace. We checked the trunk. We checked everything. We put Jordan in it. We did everything. We put a deposit down. And here we are months later, and Eddie has become obsessed with this new car called the Audi e-tron Sportback. Here's the caveat, people. It's not even out yet. It, it is. It's not released. He finds it. They say coming in spring of 2022. We've no. They Hold have. on. Time out. Let me. This is my what in the world. Okay. Spring of 2022. He's all obsessed about this thing, calling all the dealerships, and I go. I'm just so confused. You want a car, you want to cancel your Tesla, which is supposed to be here in March, and you want to wait till March, maybe, for a car that might not even show up. Well, because my husband, again, is connected somehow to Jesus, he's been getting calls recently saying, hey, we have one Sportback <laughs> e-tron available at X, Y, and Z dealership, and we're talking, there's only been two in the last like few weeks. Right. He's like obsessed with, I have to see it. I have to feel it. I want to test drive it. But here's the thing. It's not the price that he wants to pay for it. No, it's not. It also does a hundred miles less than the Tesla that you ordered. It sure does. They also only have a white one and you want a gray one. Or black. Yeah. So you're like obsessed about this car that is not half of anything that you want. Well, and I cannot for the life of me figure out why you won't just get over it. I want the people to listen to me now. Okay, your turn. All right. So here's the thing. Like, I see Teslas everywhere. 
right? And some of you are living in states that are outside of the California, so that's not a thing, right? Which I get that. However, in California, they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I have been like, like, oh my God, everybody's got a Tesla. I, I think I want to drive something different. Mm -hmm. I want to drive something that other people don't have. Well, you choose and, a car that's not scheduled to come out until right. next well, year. I didn't but choose you want the, it now. the car chose me. That's right? the issue I have. People, right? So right the car there. keeps choosing me and it that's keeps it. coming into my life. Like today, we got a text message that this car was coming off the trucks and was going to be available for me today. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're willing to will and deal, come up with these, all these different offers. And I'm like, man, this car keeps So we stop in the middle of our into work my day. Universe. We go there. They're literally receiving it off the truck. They let us test drive it. And the car basically is in test mode so it won't go over 20 23 miles an hour, miles an hour. <laughs> anyways the point i'm trying to make is he's gone back and forth with me now for several weeks can right? i tell you why one it's not available two it's more than he wants to pay three it does less mileage a hundred miles less than the tesla and what else there's something else oh it doesn't have auto drive Autopilot. like a tesla, do tesla yeah. does yeah so here's the thing I have not been very particular about the cars I've driven in a long, ever. Right. Ever, 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 And ever. you deserve right? a nice car. And so my lovely wife, my what in the world is, my lovely wife, last time we got a, a car, the car I'm driving now, she spearheaded it. She went and found this car and was like, surprise, I got you a car. And it is about the same size as a shoebox. I am, I, people who don't know me, I'm 6'2". What's uh, the point of this? How does this have anything well, to do with where you're at right now? Not at all. Well, the, I, I'm getting there. The reason why I've been- But I told been, you to the, choose the, the car you want. The reason why I've been so particular is because last time I didn't take the time to like really think about the car I was going to get. So now you're making up for it. And so I think I'm making up for it. And I, now I've gotten to my a place- that now I'm really indecisive and it bothers me that I I'm, I can't just make a decision, even though I've already made a decision, I'm making a slow decision to change that decision. So that's where I'm at right now. That's my So my, my what issue. in the world is this, people. I have a husband who's indecisive, <laughs> he's stubborn, and I don't see it. Like, I don't see it the way you see it. I see like, okay, you just gave me a list of reasons why you don't want this car, then get the other car. But yet uh -huh. you still keep getting suckered back into like, well, maybe this will do. Ah, uh, well, they don't want to give me the price I want. Well, they're not going to give you the price you want because that's not the price of the car. <laughs> so that's my what in the world. Moving on, though, <laughs> because this episode, welcome to episode number 120. In this episode, we're going to be talking about all things money. And that's everything from debt to savings to budgeting to earning and spending. Did I say that? Earn, spending. Spending. Yes. So some people might be triggered by the way we opened this episode. You uh -huh. know? Oh, must be nice to be talking about your stupid Tesla right. or your Audi. Right. Those are really great options to be considering. I wish I was. I wish that was the case for myself. And I'll tell you, don't worry. We've been there. Right. Yeah. I like that voice you use when you're like making <laughs> like some, oh. <laughs> when I'm being a hater. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like the universal hater voice. Oh, must be nice. Right. No. I know I get it. I mean, some people may be triggered. So that might not be the best way to open up this <laughs> this episode, but we're gonna open up some like of our money issues that uh -huh. we have had in the past in spirit of helping you get better with your money. And we are still students of learning about money and trying to create generational wealth so that way we can pass down better habits and stuff to our kids. So I just want you to know that seven years ago, this Janelle and Eddie, 10 years ago, this Janelle and Eddie had filed bankruptcy. And so we want to share some of those lessons with you today. So if you are new to the Push Podcast, welcome. I promise you this is a safe space. I promise you we're not pretentious. We don't really care about cars. The reason why we care about an electric car is because one, we want to save the environment. And two, Eddie's been driving a tiny little electric car <laughs> for the past does? three years, which in my defense, we were supposed to be buying <laughs> a little commuter car that we said we were not going to spend over $20,000 on. Right. And I thought, wait, wait, wait. No, wait, wait. I'm going to get you this car <laughs> because you can ride for free like, in the carpool lane. And I was like, There's hey, no honey, gas. you know, yeah, we can get a Tesla. And I said, she was like, no, you can't get a Tesla. You know how much? And I was like, yeah, it's the same price. And I, my voice, I wasn't really using my voice very loudly to tell you it was the same price. But we pretty much paid 
more for this car than a Tesla. <laughs> well, now you get to be picky about your car. So uh, diving but, into this episode. Well, can, it, can we just in the, in the spirit of like thinking about the finances of it. So what we did was we looked at, okay, this electric car is a little bit more than a regular car. It's more than we wanted to spend. Mm-hmm. However, what are the benefits? Well, I have not been to the dealer for anything for three years. Right. So not, not one oil, oil change, change, not, not a, any sort of maintenance. No brakes. And the cool thing about electric cars is because they have the regeneration, your brakes don't get worn out, right? So you don't even need brake pads. Mm-hmm. And so it's a low maintenance car. And then the big plus is I have not been to the gas station in three years. And the way that you drive, like the amount of commuting, we were looking at about $500 a month in gas minimum. Right. And so just off the bat, we save $500 a month on gas, not to mention, like you said, the maintenance, the oil change, all of that stuff every, what, 12,000 miles or something. Yeah. So we like kind of basically annualized it and said, with this car, we would be saving. It was several thousand dollars. Yeah. And so it, it just made sense over time. And, and so that that is what kind of led us to that car. Yeah. So diving into today's episode, which is a really about all things money. I want to talk to you about, number one, what to do first when you're in debt, because I think that's where we were a couple of years ago, how to establish a budget and how to just get back on track and basically just get you to treat your household finances kind of like a business. Yeah. And I think that one of the things I think is important is is kind of explaining like, like what is debt? And I think it sounds people kind of, of course, it's like it's credit card or it's it's whatever loans, whatever you take out. But what we have learned, and we'll get into probably in a little bit more, is that people with money look at debt or what they would call leverage very differently than people without money, right? And so there's a thought process that goes into it that's very different. But debt is really about buying things beyond what you can afford. Right. Right. And so if you are the kind of, let's just say, woman that's getting your hair done, your lashes done, your nails done, you're buying all the fancy clothes and the purse, and maybe you drive the car that you want, but you have credit card debt, you're living a life that you cannot afford. And I just want to tell you, every single time I see a woman super done up, I'm like, I wonder if she's in debt for this. (laughs) Like, I literally, it's the first thing I think of because I know how much it costs to get your eyelashes done. Right. I purposely don't get my nails done regularly. I'll do them my damn self because I'm cheap about stuff like that. Right. And so when I look at someone who looks well put together, the first thing I think of is I hope she can afford to look like this. Yeah. Is that funny? Or I don't know. No, it's well, it it is because I think... I laugh because I, you know, that's an interesting way to look at it. But I think that when we see individuals that have really nice things, and I think that that is the problem. And I think part of the reason why people get into debt is they're trying to keep up with, you know, the Joneses in, mm-hmm. a, in a sense where people look a certain way. We see them on social media and we're trying to live up to that expectation. So right. we see people with certain nails, we see people with hairstyles, we see people with certain clothes. And you may not be there yet, or you don't even know where they're at, but mm-hmm. let's just say you're not at the level of buying that with cash from your earnings. And so you go and you extend yourself because you say, yeah. I can pay a little bit back. And that was how credit was. That was how you know credit cards were introduced to me. Well, they weren't introduced. They were just given to me. And I was like, you're telling me I can spend money that I don't have and right. only have to and pay, a, pay little a little bit, bit back. back. <laughs> right. And that's when you get in trouble. And I mean, I still hear people, you know, in our family say like, oh, well, I'll put it on my credit card. I'll just make payments on it. I'm like, if you knew how much that cost you by the time you were going to be done paying for it, you wouldn't do that. right? And I'll just say like, I can see someone who's well put together. I can see somebody driving a nice car. And I just, there's nothing better than the sense of pride that you have when you know that you're staying in your own lane. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not costing you a fortune to keep up with someone else that you can't keep up with. Right. And so have an open mind because we could do a follow-up podcast episode on just your money mindset. You know, how were you raised to think about money? What money traits or habits were instilled in you as a kid? Was there never enough? Was there, you know, a language used like, well, I work hard, so we deserve to take a vacation. You Mm -hmm. know, we're just going to charge it because I work, you know, hard and, uh, and I don't want my kids to go without something or like, was it used to kind of reward you for hard work 
I mean, that's what happened in my house. Right, right. You too? Yeah. And I think for me, it was like, I think it was survival. And then I think that what it was, was like, hey, we have enough money, but the credit cards will allow us to have a little bit more than Mm -hmm. what we can afford. And that will feel good. And it will be okay. Because if you're able to make the payments, then everything will be fine. Yet what we don't realize is how much that costs. So for those who are new to money, or maybe you just don't understand what a credit card is, is someone is selling you money, right? They're saying, I'm going to give you this limit. Maybe it's $800 or $8,000 and I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to sell it to you at a certain price. Mm -hmm. And that price is your interest rate, right? And so you're buying money. Not only are you buying the items that you would normally, you know, you're going to consume, but you're also buying the money you're going to use mm-hmm. to buy that item. And so it's And it's hefty that price tag. Oh yeah, I mean you're looking at 20 depending on your credit, 20 22% sometimes you see some outrageous 25%. stuff like 25%. I looked it up and it says in 2021 it's on average 15 to 25%. So basically for every dollar that you're borrowing, you're paying 25 cents for it. Yeah. For every $1000 that you're borrowing, you're paying $250 extra for it. Right. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And it's a high hefty price. And, you know, they amortize that. So like like it's like stacking and compounding for the credit card companies. And you're just paying more and more interest as the years go by, especially if you have an outstanding debt. Right. So let's dive into some of these tips, because I think there's about seven or eight of them. And I want to make sure that we can get through them in a timely fashion for this episode. So let's first start with like the first step to kind of climbing out of debt. And I think it's just assessing and evaluating your situation, right? So we have a spreadsheet that if you go to JanelleCopeland.com and you click on this episode, we'll put the links here for you. But if you go download this spreadsheet, it's really going to get kind of down and dirty with all of your expenses. Not only are we going to ask you to put in all of your bills, like your mortgage or your rent, your car payment. But we're going to get down to like your gas, your maintenance, your oil changes, your car washes. I want you to put in things that you pay for, like your credit card bills, family entertainment. I want you to put down if you're paying for kids to have braces, if you're saving for college, if you get regular Botox, if you maybe you have someone in your family that goes to NutriShop or GNC on a regular basis and drops $300 on supplements a month. Maybe it's facials, whatever it might be, massages, you're going to get down to the penny with a spreadsheet and you're going to think of literally everything. So for us, it was, okay, well, we have three kids. How much a month is realistic for us to be spending on their clothes, right? We need a budget. I put everything in there from doctor visits. What are the co-payments? I'm anticipating that one of the three kids or one of the five of us is going to get sick at least once a month. So if my co-payment's $20, I put it in there. If braces payments, like, right. like I said, just anything that is coming out of your bank account, you're going to put on this spreadsheet. And then you're going to be shell-shocked when you see this number. And again, I'm talking about like, well, how many miles a, a year do I drive on my car? How many times should I be getting maintenance? Google how much the maintenance is, your oil changes, your car washes, every single thing that you can think of. I even put, because we have two daughters that did plays and stuff throughout high school, I even put like $100 a month because somebody had some sort of performance and we were having to buy tickets to go support our own kids. So that became part of one of our line items, you know, on our monthly budget. So I'm going to ask you, step number one is to just get a clear picture of exactly where you're at. And you should know to the penny how much it costs you to run your household. Yeah. And I think that once you do that, I think the next thing like, is to make sure that you create another spreadsheet of the things that you will continue to pay for. Because <laughs> some things need to be eliminated. Yeah. Okay. So step number two is what expenses can can cut out, (laughs) right? right? So you need to, well, back to step number one. So you're going to write down all of your debts, Mm -hmm. all of the things that you owe. And then I think you need to figure out to the penny how much it is that you're bringing in, right? Which should be pretty easy. Most of you have like online apps or something that you can go to to look at your pay stubs for the past, let's say three months. Do an average of what that is. I'm talking take home to the penny, and underestimate a couple of dollars. Yeah, and I think one of the things that happened to us years ago is like you have this this budget 
And the and one of the ways you get in debt is that one, you're barely making it, mm-hmm. right? And then because you're not looking at you know replacing your tires, you're not looking at um, braces, you know, right? All these different things, and so you're like, oh, I got to use a credit card for this because I know that after I pay this mortgage, after I pay this bill, after I pay this, after I pay this, I know I don't have much left, so I have to use a credit card because right. otherwise. We're not going to make it. Well, then right? you start thinking like, okay, what things do I have to pay cash for? I have right. to write a check out to the lawn guy, the, right. the gardener. I have to write a check out to the pool person, right? But then the rest of the stuff, maybe I should charge groceries, right? right? And so you get yourself in this small window where when you look at this dollar amount, when you're evaluating your expenses and you compare that to the dollar amount that you're bringing in, you might have a massive problem. Right. And if that's the case, then listen through because we're going to tell you how to get through that, which leads us to step number two. You need to figure out what expenses you can cut down. And so you're going to scrutinize everything. In 2015, we had to cut our direct TV. Yeah. We just, how much were you spending on it? It was like $500 a month for like all of your freaking football packages. Uh, no, it wasn't 500 but it was like $270 a month for like six televisions to have a box high definition with all the, you know, channels. And I all feel that like kind it was at least for something. No, it wasn't that much. I mean, in times that I wanted to, you know, add the the NFL package, that particular bill was, you okay, know. Okay, that's, it, that's right, it. That would get to $500 or $400 or whatever it was. But on an ongoing basis, it was like $270. Okay, easy. but I'm right when I say on certain months, it was close to $500. Because yep. if you added some ridiculous package that give you 800 channels of football, which we no one in... <laughs> history needs. It goes up. The point is, is in 2015, we had a hard conversation about like, do we actually need to spend money on this? And we decided that direct TV on six different TVs, one of which was outside, was just not something that we needed. Right. Literally had a TV, never watched outside that had, you know, direct TV. (laughs) Right. So now though, you can have Apple Music, you can have Netflix, Hulu, Roku, like any of these alternative stations. And although they may not be $400 a month, they might be adding up, right? So can you cut out some of them that maybe you don't even watch that often? What can you eliminate after you kind of dissect and scrutinize all of your expenses and just come up with some alternate ways to kind of replace some of those things? Yeah, and we we just cut the line and didn't have television really. Like we didn't, I mean, this was before we got an Apple TV. We just said, ah, the kids don't even watch TV anyway. They had their little iPads Mm -hmm. and watched YouTube. And I was just like, why are we even doing this? Right. And we just cut it, period. Cut it. And we weren't actually being that cheap. We were just like, this is a waste of money. We don't need it. So get rid of it. Right. Another thing is like, really scrutinize. Are you eating out too much? Do you have habits that are unfavorable, like going to Starbucks too much? Do you buy groceries that maybe you're overbuying and things are spoiling? I know that that has been a problem for us, especially because we have busy lives and we're entrepreneurs and sometimes things run a little late. And so even though I went to Costco and spent $400 on Monday, right. I might be barely on Tuesday saying we have to get food and eat out. And so now, you know, the food that I bought for the week is being unused and we're wasting money by eating out. Yeah. And then a lot of times with that, um, and I know you mentioned food goes bad. Right. So you when you buy in bulk and you have a large family, food goes, you know, food can sometimes go bad. But also when you don't like do inventory of what you have, I can tell you there were times that we had like triple of something, Mm -hmm. right? And I was like, we just keep buying this because we, you know, we put it in a garage. Three almond milks. Right. And we put it in a refrigerator. And like, you're like, you go into the grocery store and you didn't do a list. And so those little wasteful things, the 40, the six, the 20, 40, $60 that you waste and you already had something, or maybe you didn't use it and you you had to throw it out. I mean, we could probably say that we were on average throwing out at least $150 worth of food a month. Yeah. Right. Just in waste. For sure. And then think about things that maybe you might be paying for that you don't really need anymore. It could be some sort of subscription service. Maybe you have a FabFitFun box. Maybe you signed up for a subscription for socks or something because it was cool. Maybe you have an old gym membership that you don't use. For me, we kind of were talking today. I'm like, oh my God, I got a new car last month. And I forgot that I'm probably paying for OnStar from my last car, right? And so 
really taking the time when you're putting this budget together to scrutinize everything and go through your bank statements to see what's coming out. All those little $9 here, $17 here. Uh, and an example would be we had 24-hour fitness memberships. I had my 24-hour fitness membership since I was 17 years old. <laughs> right. Like they were basically paying me to stay a member. But even though it only cost me $9 a month, it was still a gym I never went to. Right. And for at least six years, I was like, but I can't let go of this because I'll never get it back. We both did it. Yep. And then finally, we were like, okay, that's $20 times five years that we just wasted. Right. And it was stupid to hold. That was the scarcity mindset that we had. Like, we're never going to get it for this price again. Right. Well, we don't even go there anymore. <laughs> right. So we don't need it. So don't waste the money. So figure out where you can cut. The next thing is create a budget that's realistic, but tight, right? So okay. after you kind of see, these are all the debts that we have. These are all of our expenses. Holy crap. This is how much money we're bringing in. You start to figure out how to cut. And then you start to figure out what's a realistic budget. Mm -hmm. A realistic budget would mean something like your grocery bill. Maybe you don't need to be buying steak and, you know, crab or whatever it is that you normally splurge on. Maybe it's time that you start really doing some bargain shopping. Right. Maybe you start looking at ads and maybe going to the meat department to see what meat is on sale so that way you can save that week versus, hmm, what do I feel like eating this week? Right. right? And so just little things like that can help you figure out, like, how much money is really necessary for groceries? Yeah. And I think for us... Well, what's interesting is I think you do better with groceries and eating when you are kind of food prepping mm -hmm. and you're cooking multiple meals. And the reason why I say that is because once you have multiple meals, then it cuts down on you eating out. Right. right. And I think that, you know, when you think about food expenses for us, a family of five, eating out was $150 every single time right. we went somewhere. Or if you did fast food, you're still spending $40, $50, $60 on eating out. Mm -hmm. And I think that those things, because you don't have meals prepared and things run late or whatever the case may be, that's a big one. And then obviously you can start getting really detailed with bargain shopping. But I think the big thing is knowing that, okay, from a food standpoint, we got to be more prepared. Right. And like my brother-in-law was saying the other day that like his girlfriend, she needs like $400 a month to get her hair done, her nails done, all this stuff. And I'm using it as an example because it's a prime example of, I think, how women get in trouble. Yeah. We want to put our beauty and our self-care. There's all this stuff, you know, self-care and self-love and all this body positivity stuff. But I'm telling you, my body feels real good when it's not in debt. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> right. So really think about what is a realistic budget, especially for beauty and like maintenance, right? Yeah, you want to get waxed. You want your eyebrows done. But at what cost? Like if it's right. costing you a thousand dollars a month to just maintain not looking like you know a werewolf then maybe that's worth it to you but if it's costing your household and you're going in debt over it then maybe you need to give and take a little bit learn right. how to do your own pedicure learn how to do your own wax i do my own eyebrows why because i'm cheap i do my own nails why because i'm cheap there's just certain things i'm not going to spend money on yeah and i think that that see this comes down to like what you really want, yeah. like at the end of the day, like you get rid of all the superficial things that at the end of the day don't matter. And you get to a place where you say, what do I really want most, right? If it costs me a thousand dollars to keep a certain look, but I know I can probably do with half of that, or maybe even three quarters of that I can do without, and I can still be presentable. Yep. Like, I think you have to think about where would you like that money to go mm -hmm. and how do you, what job you want to give that money instead of like, hey, I, this is what I've always done and I need to do this. Because I think that the reason why people get into debt is because some of these superficial things become far more valuable than they should be. Yeah, 100%. Okay, next thing is after you create a budget, step number four, you're going to decide how you're going to track and record all of your spending. So for us, like I liked... Excel. We started off with Excel as the technology became better. I remember you like to use Mint, right? Yeah. So like for me, it was uh, Mint. And then there was like things that took all of your your accounts and it was able to, you've been able to track it and see what's going on. And then I, you know, then I was like, there'll be times where you spend a hundred dollars. Like, Hey, you spent a hundred dollars today. Because <laughs> we got alerts on everything. <laughs> I was just like, Hey, you know, and so then you get to that place. But then, and I know we're talking a little bit about credit cards, but 
when you get to a place where you empower your money and you can use credit cards the way that they're supposed to, that we think now you should, they're mm -hmm. supposed to be designed, boy, is it easier to manage your money because you can look at the credit card and, and it has programs within it that says, this is where your money's been going, right? right? Entertainment and categorizes it and makes it into a really good place. But before that, I was I went from Mint, then I, we started to just really get to a place where we're using one bank account. Mm -hmm. and I that think it was Charles bank, Schwab, right? Well, it was Bank of America first, mm -hmm. and Bank of America was did a really good job of giving us a breakdown of where everything was spent. And so we can really print out a report and say, okay, this is where we spent our money. This was off budget. This was on budget. And you can load the budget into th that program and then you obviously manage it from there. Yeah. So the ex the uh, recommendation would be, you know, test different things out because I'm a visual person. I need right. to see like a pie graph and like charts and colors and stuff. Some people might just need to see a dollar amount. So right. you have to figure out what, what's going to work best for you and then decide on a day of the week for weekly check-ins. If it's just you, then you're holding yourself accountable. If it's you and a partner, then you're doing that together each week. Or if it's you and your kids, it's a household thing right. that everyone needs to be committed to. So figure out what day of the week it's going to be and then figure out how you're going to look at it. So that conversation would be something like, okay, we're going to sit down. We're going to talk about our grocery budget for the week was way over. Why is that? Well, because we had to bring you know, cupcakes for such and such's birthday. Great. Well, now we know that maybe we need to up it for the year because we are not anticipating little things like this coming up, right? Right. Why was the grocery bill over? Well, because we hosted Thanksgiving for 20 people. Like that's obviously an exception, but figure out where your money's going because every dollar should have a job, especially when you're trying to get out of debt and you're trying to make sure that you get things back on track and you start to develop better habits with money. Yeah. Okay, next thing, step number five, you need an emergency fund. And this is something truthfully that we didn't have for a very long time. Our emergency fund was our credit cards. Mm -hmm. It just was. And, and for so, many people, that's what they yeah. look at credit cards. Like and if there's an emergency, I'm gonna use this card. <laughs> absolutely. And some people think, well, that's why you have the card, right? right? In case of emergency. And so that's just not the right way to think about it. I think we wanna have cash on hand in case anything happens that's within a reasonable amount. And I think starting an emergency fund of $1,000 is a good way to just get in the habit of, hey, we're in debt right now, we're living check to check, we gotta figure out how to carve out $1,000 just to start a savings account so we feel like we have a little bit of security. Yeah. And here's the thing, when it comes to like saving and creating emergency accounts, there's there's a lot of different ways of thinking about this. One of the things that when we were going and, and getting in and just kind of going through the steps of understanding money, like Warren Buffett would always say, no matter what, even if you're in debt, pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's and that a, means the savings. Right. That's a hard thing to think about when you think, OK, I got I'm trying to pay down this debt creditors. Right. But the key thing is, is that you have to and we'll talk a little bit about, but you have to find a, a high yield savings account and you have to pay yourself first, even if that is a small amount. Right. But you have to start doing that. And then we were able to get to the place where it was like, okay, 10% just gets saved automatically. I don't even want to look at it. Right. But let's just say that you're starting and you're in debt like we right. were. Like to think about like looking at your budget. We just told them like list all your expenses, list how much you're bringing in. If that number's negative and here we are, step number five, telling them to save $1,000, that seems impossible, right? Yeah. So we're gonna get to how to do that, but let me just tell you, you have to create an emergency fund. So let's just say that we're saying save $1,000. It can be done many different ways, but mostly think about how you can save $50 a week. Is that on Starbucks? Is that on groceries? Is that not getting your nails done? Like this is a desperate thing. We have mm -hmm. to have $1,000 in the bank, right? And so that could be $50 a week in a savings will take you 20 weeks or five months to get there. Once you have $1,000 for emergencies, then we're going to move on to step number six. Step number six is we're going to start to pay off some of your most expensive debt. So you may have heard of the Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. He does this thing called the snowball debt method, mm -hmm. right? And basically, he says that you're going to start paying down your smallest debt first while paying the minimum on other debts. Well, I think that you should be looking at all of your debts and you should be paying the one that costs you the most first. 
So here's my my example. Let's say you have a MasterCard and a Discover card and your MasterCard balance is $1,000 and your Discover card is $1,300, but your MasterCard APR is 14% on $1,000 and your Discover card is 22% on $1,300. I say attack the 22% first because it's costing you more money to be in debt, right? Mm. So after we have figured out that we've saved $1,000, which means we can save $50 a week, we're going to now take that $50 a week, which is $200 a month. We're going to pay the minimum amount on all of our credit cards just to make sure that we stay good with our credit cards and or with our creditors. And then we're going to take the $200 that we put in savings that we've already gotten accustomed to paying for the last five months. We're going to put all of that towards the highest interest rate credit card, plus take all of the other money that we've been paying, because you're probably paying a little bit more than the minimum. Mm -hmm. You're going to pay the minimum on everything else, but now you're going to put maximum effort towards the one that cost you the most. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So that could look something like we're paying three to $400 a month for that particular payment. If that's the case, and I told you that that credit card only had $1,000 on it, then cool, it should be paid off in like two and a half months, right? right. So now we've got a custom to paying $400 a month or $300 a month for that one credit card. Guess what? It's gone. So now we move on to the next one with the highest interest rate. Mm -hmm. So now it would be our MasterCard at 14%. So we're already used to paying $400 a month. Now we take the $400 plus the minimum from the next one, and it just gets bigger and bigger, right? So that's kind of the Janelle version of the snowball (laughs) effect. Got it. um, Because in the long run, it's going to cost you more. Now, there are some money gurus that say, not to do it that way because you don't get a quick um, win. Yeah. And some people need like, oh, I want to feel rewarded, right? Like I want to feel like, okay, good. That one's down. I did that. I did the easy one. It depends on what your relationship with like really trying to get out of debt is, what your relationship with rewards and wins is. But for me, I'm like, when I really see how much these credit cards are taking from me, I feel taken advantage of. I feel stupid. And I'm not going to get duped anymore. Yeah. And I think, and there's a lot of different methods to to do that too, because sometimes you can look at it and say, okay, well, I have this, you know, MasterCard that's 14%. I have this Discover card that's 22%. But then I also have this Visa that's only 11% and it allow me to absorb the other debt. That may be something where this is cheaper for you to do that. And then now you can take the same method that Janelle just said, and you just, you simplify because one of the key things I think that helped us was the simplification of it. Like we had too many cards, mm-hmm. too many, like all over the place. And, and in some cases, and I want to make sure you all understand this, in some cases, it could be a good thing to have very large limits on cards you don't use because that helps your credit score. And it also helps your, your debt to income ratio, Right. Because now you have a tremendous amount of debt, but you only use, I mean, credit or limits, but you only use a small amount and you pay it off. That can really boost your score. But really getting to a place where you say, hey, I'm going to simplify this. I only want to pay one card and I want to get rid of that. That could be a really good um, benefit for you. Yeah. So the other thing that some of the Dave Ramseys of the world will tell you to do is once you pay off that credit card, close it. And we're going to say, don't close the credit card because that long standing credit card that you've had since like high school or something, that's going to help boost your credit score, especially now that it's paid off. It's your longest standing creditor, right? So it's on your credit history. It's the longest history that you have. And we need that to boost our credit score. So don't close it. But also you got to get real clear with yourself. Like right. if you are one of those people that's super tempted, like I don't want to I don't want to keep it because if something happens or a new outfit I see like I'm going to go back into debt, then yeah, you need to close that <laughs> shit. Well, yeah, and if you can have some willpower, you cut it up or put it in a drawer somewhere where you won't see it out of sight, out of mind. But obviously, if you do that, you just have to make sure you're checking on it because if you didn't have great credit, you probably have an annual fee for that card that you have to make sure you maintain that because 
those are things like I check, like we have cards that we've had for a long time. I just go periodically and I just check just to make sure that they charge me something and, and I didn't get a notification. And, you know, and now all of a sudden you got this late payment. You didn't even spend any money, but you had the annual fee. So you right, just got to check you're on that. the crazy person mad at the credit card company. <laughs> like, well, I paid it off. Why are you charging me? Well, it's your responsibility right. to know that there are annual fees, right? So Don't put yourself in that habit or in that situation. Okay, moving on to step number seven, and that is no new debt. No new debt. Like we cannot have any new debt. And so we got to find ways to stay motivated. We have to find ways to reward ourselves with things that we can afford versus the trip that we can't afford Mm -hmm. or the luxuries that we just don't have time for or money for yet, right? So we don't want to make yourself feel unbroke by buying stuff that you can't afford still. Make sense? <laughs> right. Right. So a couple things, and I know that we, we've talked a lot about a lot of different things, but a couple things that you want to make some adjustments and do. And the first thing is we didn't get to this, but you got to find a checking account or a high yield savings account or a high yield checking account that you can move to. So we got out of Bank of America, Wells Fargo, because those banks are savages, right? And so um, yeah. <laughs> we got to a place where we said, hey, you know, let's find an online bank account that gives you a free brokerage account. Because what you want to start doing now, now that you got past this whole debt thing, now you want to start making your money work for you. But you got to have the right tools to do that in the, in the right way. So we moved to Charles Schwab. I'm not promoting it, saying that you should go get that. But it was a high yield checking account. It came with a free brokerage account. And then it also came with the ability to add others to the account. So Jasmine has an account with us. And so we can, when, when she was working and she was paying her for cars, she can send money or transfer money. Or, and I can also help her with managing her money because I can see what's going on. Right. And so that is step number eight, which is find a high yield bank account. Also, that gives you a brokerage account for free. Yeah. And so that brokerage account will allow you to, as you start to educate yourself, to invest money into things like index funds or stocks that you want to get to or bonds that you want to invest in money. So now the money that you were spending to pay off your debt, you don't want to just like, okay, now let's just point that money and just start spending cash. Yeah, now buy you need- some property or some stocks <laughs> right. or something that can actually help your money work for you versus, you know, using it the other way around. Right. You're working so, for the money. So most, you know, investment, and especially in index funds, will give you 5% or 8% over the market. So you now are making money off your money when just a couple of months ago, you were actually losing money because of your money. Right. So I do want to go back to number seven for a second, which was no new debt. And you said something about a car. And so it kind of reminded me of the when we started to reward ourselves differently with money, we were like looking forward to savings. Mm -hmm. Right. And we knew that that savings could either go into an investment account or it just would help us feel like it was a win. right? Right. And so we went from like a fully loaded Camry, which basically should have been a Lexus to a Hyundai that was like $200 cheaper a month. Right. That was like 0% down that had all these rebates. And it wasn't about the kind of car that you were driving at the time. It was, we were so excited to be saving the money. Right. And so we didn't care at all about, you know, the status or keeping up with the Joneses. Cause I knew that we were putting money in the bank and we were working towards having no debt. Right. And so that's a really important step that I hope that you understand. It's so liberating when you get to a place of like, I really don't care what other people are doing because this is my race. I have to run it. And this feels so much better than feeling like you can barely ever come up for air. Right. Yeah, and and I think that when you stay on your in your lane and you focus on the things that you really want for your future and the type of life you want to have, that I think is the most empowering thing. And what you'll find is you'll you'll build different disciplines and different things that you do to help build wealth and to help build a, a place where you say, hey, you know, we actually are doing pretty well. Like we can make different choices and options with our money, whether it be, hey. We're going to invest in this. We're going to really set our sights on buying property or we're really going to set our sights on investing heavily into this stock because we believe in this company. That's a different world. Yeah. And then also, if you have kids like us, like we were kind of getting to the point maybe when they were 11 or 12 of like, well, where's the college money going to come from? Right. We still hadn't developed good habits around money and saving and 
the thought of saving, you know, 200 or even $100,000 per kid to go to college seemed unrealistic for us. And so if we wouldn't have switched bank accounts, if we wouldn't have started figuring out, okay, the debt's paid off. Now, what do we do with this money? Well, let's put it into an investment account. And now that investment account is paying for our kids' college. And so I don't want you to freak out if your kids are getting ready to go to college and you feel like you've waited too long. Trust me, if you follow these steps and you start to eliminate the debt, then all of that money that you are currently paying for credit cards and all of your debt and expenses on stupid shit that you don't need, that can be used to earn more money than you already have right now to pay for things that seem unreasonable or unrealistic or out of reach. And so the final step, which is step number nine, this is going to take you some time to get to. Because remember, we've been working on a budget, we've been sacrificing, and we've been saying no, we've been not accumulating or spending more than we are earning, because we're on a mission to have extra money to be able to leverage, right? Right. And so step number nine is leveraging. And I want to first start about, talk about leveraging credit. So we are advising you if you can develop good habits around like, okay, I have my longest standing credit cards. I've got the credit cards open, but I know that I'm not going to use it. One, because I don't need to. I have my emergency fund. I've got my high yield checking account and I've got money in case something happens. We don't need the credit cards. We're just keeping them for the sake of a FICO score, right? Right, right. Now... What I want you to do is figure out how to leverage one of those credit cards. For us, it happens to be American Express. American Express is one of them that gives you great points. It could be cash back. It could be rewards. It could be free gas, whatever it is. But you need to do some research to see based on your FICO score, what is the best credit card out there for you that's going to give you the biggest return as far as rewards, right? And then what we did is we started figuring out how to leverage those points. And so, for example, we spend every single dollar that our household spends, whether it's on groceries, gas, car washes, all of the things that are in our monthly budget, we put that on our American Express every single month. Because we know that we have a budget for that. We know that it's going on this card. We know that it's going to be like $15,000 at the end of the month. And we're going to pay it off every single month because we're not overextending ourselves. We're simply using that credit card as leverage to earn free points. We've done that now for a couple of years. And I will just tell you, if you follow us on Instagram and you saw us go to Greece, Thank American Express because they funded all of our airline tickets to go to Greece. If you saw us go to Scotland, you can also thank American Express because that's how we're using all of the money we're spending every month to leverage our credit. Yeah. And that is it's a beautiful thing because when we realized that that was possible, because at first, I think when you get out of debt, you're afraid. Oh, you're like, for sure. Like, I was I, like, don't you dare put right. that on there. I was like. <laughs> I remember you said, use this for everything. I was like, nope, that's a credit card. Nope. <laughs> and I was like, use this for everything. But here's the thing. We're only going to spend this amount and then we're going to pay it off. Yep. And then we're going to pay it off. And, we're gonna, and then that became like a game. Like, oh, yeah, this is great. Yep. Uh, zero. Love it. And yeah. then before you knew it, I was like, oh, wow. Our first trip to. um Thailand, Thailand, like points. We were able to use points and we were able to use points. So you have to find one that matches your lifestyle. You may want to put cash back in your pockets. And so you may want to use a cash card, something that's giving you 3%, 8%, I've seen in some cases, back into your cash. That may be perfect for you. For us, the travel was really important. And so that was the perfect lifestyle card for us. And then we have one little card that we use that when you can't take American Express, like Costco. Right. One card for that. Pay it off. Same thing. Mm-hmm. It has points, does uh, also tied to travel and that's it. And then you're right. done. And then everything else, like I get alerts all the time that other cards are increasing in value. And I'm happy about that because we want to invest in property. The best thing for us to have is a tremendous amount of access to credit, but never use it. Right. Right. So that's perfect. And some people will tell you that's bad because if you have like all this open credit, but you're not using it. But I think anybody who is considering you for a bank loan, especially on property, is going to see like, okay, this credit card has been on their history for many, many years. And 
They also have never been late on it and they don't right. owe anything on it. So any normal business banker would be able to tell you like, okay, you've got pretty good credit. And if, you, and if you're using a card and you're paying it off, it's used, the utilization is there you're just not going into debt. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's really key. Yeah, so we talked a lot about everything money, I think, in this episode. We talked about budgeting. We talked about really looking at your earning, right? We talked about debt. We talked about paying off the debt. We talked about savings towards the end and now investing. But really, I wanna talk to you also about earning. Yeah. Hopefully, you've got it on your list to increase your earning for next year. But I think the thing that got us in trouble was we were always trying to out-earn our spending. Yeah, and I think we were also trying to cut back and we were trying to cut back, cut back, and we weren't thinking about, well, we got to earn, right? Right. And so the earning piece is important, like humming up with a plan to increase your your salary, your wage, your, however, whatever you're doing, whether it's having a side gig or or working on a promotion or finding another company. Those things are important. Too many folks, I think, rely on an annual increase in their pay that doesn't outpace inflation. And so right. they're thinking that, hey, I just next year I'll get a I'll get a, not a promotion, but I'll get a raise. Mm -hmm. But that raise gets leveled out because everything gets more expensive. Yeah. Right. So you've really got to come up with a plan of saying, OK, how can I earn more money? at the same time as reduce my wasteful spending. Right. And then I'll get this nice little surplus of like, wow, I'm actually earning a lot more. And I have this margin, like we talked about in the beginning, treating like a business. I have this margin that I can use to invest. And now I got my money working for me. And truth be told, like we do this once a year, we just went through our expenses and I was like, wait, how are you earning less this year? Like, how are you taking home less? And it turns out that we're investing more than we were last year. So that's like good, but that means we're running our household on less this year than we were last year. Right. So even though we're earning more, we're spending less at home and we're spending that surplus on investments, right? right. And so I hope that this was helpful. The last time we did an episode on money, people really loved it. And so we wanted to help set you up because we're getting ready to get into a new year. And if you are one, thinking about going into debt for Christmas, do not. It's not worth it. Mm -mm. And two, if you're feeling like I don't want to start the new year off with these terrible habits around spending that I have, yeah, that's a burden. Don't do it. So hopefully this episode was helpful. If it was, take 30 seconds, write us a review, send us an Instagram DM, something. Figure out a way to contact us and let us know what you're going to do to take charge of your finances going into the new year. Hope this was helpful. We will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.